and welcome to the Trash Tapes podcast as part of the Enigmatic Productions Network. If you love bad cinema and incredible deep dives into cult film, then you have come to the right place. So if you like what you hear and want to support us, you can do so by donating some funds to our Buy Me A Coffee website, along with the ACAR supporter feature. All of these can be found in the description below. And now, on with the show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um, I wasn't expecting it to have such weird internet issues on both ends. I feel like it's a little bit on me, a little bit on you. I feel like maybe just Sundays are just shit for internet. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I did a, a, a connection test. And the connection yeah. test came out good, so there's nothing wrong with the actual internet connection. So I don't know what yeah. was going on. Um, uh, it happens. I don't know. Sometimes you know, it's, uh, this is the thing I never understand about the internet. It's like sometimes there's peaks where it's really good. Got the music again. <laughs> this this makes everything sound triumphant that you say if you have that under it. <laughs> God damn it! I'm gonna fight internet lag. <laughs> about to experience trash cinema. And welcome to another episode of The Trash Tapes, where one man's trash is another man's treasure. I'm your host, Johan Paul, and the inflictor of pain, and I'm joined by my victim and DJ, Edward Harvey. How are you doing? I'm very well, mate. How are you doing? Doing pretty well, actually. Although, admittedly, um, uh, I have not left the house yet, even though now apparently everyone can go out and have a pint. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not lying. I'm craving pints, but everyone out there looks like the zombie apocalypse right now. Everyone really is cramming for uh, alcohol right now. Yeah, it's like the, it's like I don't know. It's a pint, but with like, with a sort of bad sort of like addition to it, like a death pint. Do you do you want the death, death pint? pint. <laughs> yeah, it's like saying, do you risk your health or do you want to get laid and bladdered? Who knows? We'll figure it out. But, but it yeah. tends to be all the morons at the moment, so maybe you could filter them out. <laughs> oh, oh, dear. Are, 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 we, are we calling this a purge? Let's not call it a purge. It's terrible. But, yeah, it's kind of a purge, isn't it? Um, but this is another thing I've been missing. There's one other thing I've been missing. This is summer, right? And speaking of pubs and everything else, you know, it would go up in summer. But one of the things I used to love a lot uh, before COVID-19 put a halt on cinemas properly is all the summer blockbusters. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, often like superheroes and stuff, isn't it? So, Yeah. Marvel and DC always seem to launch out most of their movies around this time. Yeah. 
So I said to myself, you know what? Let's, um, I miss that. So let's watch a superhero movie for the episode. Um, I'm not entirely sure this was the best idea, but we have decided to go for one that I remember as a kid, but only faintly. But I used to see the poster all the time in video stores. All the time I used to see yeah. this poster. And that one is Captain America, the 1990 version of it. Happens to be the best damn candidate out of 600 volunteers. A secret experiment gave one man the strength of a hundred. For the rest of the world, he's just codenamed Captain America. And the power to save millions. The Jerry's have an experimental rocket ready to fire at a target somewhere in the United States. Only he could defeat a superhuman madman. They got a fellow called the Red Skull heading up their outfit. Saving the world left him trapped in an icy grave until fate released him to finish a battle started decades ago. Ronnie Cox, Kim Gillingham, Scott Pollan as the Red Skull, and Matt Salinger as the Marvel Comics hero, Captain America. Captain America 1990 edition. All right, so um, what's your? do you have a history with this movie or not, just before we kick things off? Um, well, I think, if I remember correctly, I think I, it was one of the superhero movies I suggested to you because I've got a lot mm. of nostalgia attached to it. Um, it's. I went through a phase of, like, ever since I saw Batman 1989, I went mm. through a phase of thinking, well, what other superhero movies are out there? I want to see yeah. him. And there mm. was a craze after Bat- Batman 1989 kind of launched superhero movies, uh, it, whether it was mainstream or b- in b- the B-movie circuit. And it yeah. was sort of like, they were, there was a lot of movies that were coming just straight to video. And this was one of them. And I was just, yeah. when I was in, I was a big fan of the, I used to read the comic books, actually. The two main comic books I used to read as a kid were uh, Captain America and Judge Dredd. So I also wow, like okay. the uh, I also like the Transformer comics as well. Uh, right, so okay. like I, all those things I was like always looking for in in the video shops and stuff. So like I saw Captain America in there and I was like, oh, mom, 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 got to get this, got to get this. And uh, obviously <laughs> I got it. And then I remember thinking I remember being quite frightened by Red Skull <laughs> as a kid. Looking back at it now, I don't think that holds up now, does no. it? <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I absolutely, as being a little kid, thought it was amazing back then. Here's the thing, though. I always used... I've never seen the film before the last time before this, but I used to see the poster and the trailer everywhere. Yeah. The trailer was in, like, many VHSs I owned. Um, uh, there were... The posters were everywhere in every, like, video store that you used to get. And I used to... This is the thing, though. I think I always was held off, though, because even though the trailer looked all right and the poster was kind of triumphant and great, when I looked at the VHS and looked at the front and the back of it, even as a kid, I looked at it going, 
looks a bit rubbish, doesn't it? I genuinely was convinced. Yeah. I, I looked at it's like this looks a bit rubbish because I saw Batman before. Like now that ooh Batman looks like eh, this doesn't look like Batman. Yeah, because I think the poster didn't even have Captain America on it. It had like the the logo and the shield really big, didn't it? So you kind of yeah. like it kind of hid the imperfections because. But I think the VHS had captain america like matt salinger is captain america massive on the cover and it's kind of like eh, it doesn't look too great in his rubbery suit does he yeah and then when you look at the back you see like the red skull looking at it going like that's you know because but beforehand it's like, oh we saw the joker and stuff like that before it's like yeah it's like mm, ah, i don't know yeah. I, I wasn't sold on it basically so i've only seen this now fairly recently and i've only know a little bit more about it ever since clips basically i've been mm. seeing clips and realizing ah, okay oh this is going to be one we're going to have to do but uh yeah and you know what it's it's something you can you, you can see that they tried yeah yeah it's like it's it's one of those where it's it's actually got a lot of like a lot of people sort of say come on it's not that bad you get like people who love like bad cult movies and stuff like defend it quite a bit from what i've seen uh but then you get a lot of people that hate it absolutely hate it for anyone who doesn't know what the jiggity jam we're talking about, um, basically, uh, we're, this is um, Captain America. Now, Captain America in this version is the 1990 American forward slash Yugoslavian. All right, we can see where half the money came from. Um, <laughs> superhero film directed by Albert Pune, I believe it is. P-Y-U-N. I've never heard of this man. Um, uh, he's, I, I do know that he's famous for, you know, the Cyborg series. Like, I think he did the first Cyborg movie. Which, oh! Which actually okay. did really well. So it's a, a B-movie that, like, did, it was a success in terms of it. It, it was, like, the fourth highest grossing movie on release or something in, in the, uh, in the U, uh, U.S., so... At the time, that when it was releasing, it was, it was doing pretty well. It was like four in the in the movie charts. I know, right? Yeah. So, yeah, you know what? Okay, right. Okay, so he's maybe done well, but it's Cyborg, for God's sake. It isn't like, a, <laughs> it isn't like oh, he's done something Oscar-worthy. It's Cyborg, right? Now, uh, the film, oh, obviously, as we know, the film is based on the Marvel superhero character of the same name. While the film takes several liberties with the comic storyline, it still features some of the major points, which is Steve Rogers is becoming Captain America during the Second World War. He has to battle the Red Skull. He's, he's being frozen in ice and subsequently being revived to save the President of the United States from a crime family that dislikes envi- his environmentalist policies. <laughs> there, is a bit of a, there is a bit of a Captain Planet kind of vibe to this, isn't there? It does. It's sort of like saying that Nazis and Nazis and fascists just don't like the environment. It's such a weird tone to go for. Yeah, uh, it, it, it's also, there's the, the whole thing of where the movie kind of like blames all the world's problems uh, on, oh, it was just it was just all Red Skull all along. Everything Red, that's gone wrong. I have got the bit where Red Skull is talking about the assassinations. Go for it. Yeah. Assassination is the word of trouble. It took me two years to find Sirhan. Three to find Oswald. The king job alone costs us over $22 million. And what do we get for all our pains? Saints. <laughs> Martyrs. Right. Goals. Brilliant. Um, they... Oh, yeah, it's, it's still going. Oh, God, it's still going. <laughs> 
I've got a whole clip. Our statesmen. Wait. Generals. Captains of industry. I am only a humble businessman. Who doubles in science. Before you make your decision, may I suggest that instead of killing Kimball, we control him using a brain implant I have invented. Then he will do whatever <laughs> we wish. Sure, brain implant. So he's talking about the assassinations of the presidents and also what he wants to do the current president. Apparently he has murdered, he's been, he's linked to every horrible thing on the planet. Um, yeah, all the all the sort of political figures that were very influential, he just wiped them off. And here's the thing: like he says, also the King Project so also includes Martin Luther King. Yeah. And apparently, if you read, if you look into it closely as well, he's also mentioned he may he may have been the one who killed Elvis Presley. Why not? So, <laughs> sure. All sure. the people we love, pictured here. The movie, the, the whole thing with this is like the movie has had several a, a bajillion rewrites, but the production for this is fascinating. Okay, mm. so this technically wasn't the first ever feature length um, Captain America movie. In fact, there were several beforehand, but they were all straight to TV, right? Yeah. So they were straight to TV movies. There was two of them starring uh, Red Brown which is another classic person that we should totally put onto the trash tape at some point, him playing Captain America. One movie which was called, I believe it was just called uh, Captain America. And the second one is Captain America 2, Death Too Soon. What a title. <laughs> oh, my God. Right? This is the one where Captain America famously has a motorcycle, right? Those yeah. are the two. Captain America famously has a motorcycle. His outfit is weird and let's not get into the outfit uh but they were never designed really to be for anything other than for tv because they were they, they were trying to like get off the hype of superman and they were also trying to get off getting on like things by seeing a lot of tv rights they thought they could do more television marvel back in the day which is why we have the luferigno uh incredible hulk tv series and the live action spider-man tv series which was weird um yeah. and and a whole bunch of tripe yeah basically back then superhero movies weren't taken seriously really. they only thought they could put them on tv no one thought that uh, if they put a movie out they thought no one would go and see it yeah uh, until superman came along yeah. oh shit we could do superhero movies okay and superman superman 2 came out and they were great uh, a decade later batman came out and really revived what the idea of the superhero movie was going to be for a while mm. so but that's the thing is the, mo the movies we talked about around that time that were good were all DC because DC were DC Comics uh, gave the right or to all their property to Warner Brothers. Yes, yeah. So they own all of it. So it's, they're backed by a big studio. Marvel didn't do that. Marvel were pretty terribly skint around yeah. the eighties and nineties. You can tell that a lot so of the a lot of the problems were perhaps just money over this film because the, the, the director sounds like he he kind of wanted to do good things with it. and apparently the script the original script was very good and like you know the the guy ronnie cox who played uh the president he said yeah. that he, i don't know how they messed it up it's one of the best scripts he's ever written yes. is, is it ever read sorry yeah so i don't know what went wrong basically money it's got to be right <laughs> 
Marvel at this time were pretty broke. They weren't doing very well in the comics section, and they weren't doing a lot of stuff here. So instead of giving all their rights to a studio, a big studio, they decided to just say when they were desperate, they would sell the rights to a character to somebody else, yeah. to someone else, which is why it all went all over the shop, which is why even before the Super Marvel merger and now and how basically Disney now owns all of Marvel, Marvel was in every different property. It was Sony had Spider-Man, which they still do. X-Men was owned by, you know, 20th Century Fox. Um, uh, the Uni- Universal owned the Hulk, all that kind of stuff, right? Mm. Oh, the Hulk movie. Let's, uh, let's, um, let's put a pin on that one, yeah? The whole point being Marvel, when it comes to movies, especially around this time, weren't very savvy. The production for this is brilliant. So, after the TV, after the semi-weird cult following of the seventies movies straight to TV, um, Stanley and a few others were looking and saying, "Okay, maybe it's about time now to maybe make a Captain America feature-length movie." Now, this came along around the time when Superman came out, so they were more going for the Superman vibe, yeah, like. Red, white, and blue, you know, good old boy kind of thing, yeah? Yeah. Now, now this came this came about in this originally, the movie was originally slated and about to come out. Well, they had an idea for it since 1981, okay? Wow. It's been a while. And then um, it was, basically, I'm looking at the facts here, and says so the feature-length film production of Captain America for its theatrical release has a long and tumultuous production history. The rights were originally purchased by... Canon, the Canon Group. Yeah, what a surprise! It lo- actually it looks like a Canon movie, doesn't it? This. Yeah, and I'll explain why. So, in 1984, uh, the right, the film rights for Captain America were bought by Canon Group. Initially, do you know who was attached to direct this movie? Um, no, I think I did read it. I can't remember though. Michael Winner, aka the person who directed. The first three Death Wish movies. All right, okay. Interesting. All right. Now, this, the, the, for two years, it was put on the shelf because they were just working on it and working on it and so on. And then Winner scrapped that script entirely and then recruited um, a British television script writer, uh, Stan Hay, a.k.a. the person who wrote, um, you know, Old Avidazain Pet, basically. Right. Okay. So he was going to write this Captain America movie for some reason. All right. Now, the original plot for this was, according to him, the film was involved, uh, it basically involved this. So uh, the Red Skull has survived all this time. He was going to be the elderly Red Skull, Mm. right? Um, And Steve Rogers would not be frozen. He would have been alive. But he was, he would have been alive, but he would have been aging a bit. Like it's going to, it was like, he's now a little older. He's been, he's, he's been in hiding. He's an artist, apparently. He was going to be a painter living in the forest okay. for a little while. Well, so he right? wasn't frozen. No, this one, in this version, he wasn't frozen. Right. right? Okay. So he, he survived. He was hiding out in the forest, like trying to escape the horrors of war. And I guess you know, it was because of his serum that made him like age slower or something, you know, like his I superpowers. Guess. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah. Um, it doesn't really say. So the Red Skull, f- aided by a female death cult, <laughs> yeah, were going to steal the Statue of Liberty. What? That's the plot. <laughs> that sounds like 
the plot in like uh, a cartoon, doesn't it? Like GI Joe cartoon or something. Oh, it does. And I flip like Cobra love Commander that. would do that, wouldn't he? Like it would be it's like no. It, this, this sounds like a bizarre version of like fucking you know where on earth is Carmen San Diego? There yeah. she is coming in, stealing the, the Statue of Liberty, and now finally Captain America comes and stops her down. That's what it literally feels like to me. It's ridiculous. However. Uh, the movie was going to be set in the. If the movie wasn't going to be set in modern times, it was going to be set in the sixties. So it's going to be like the swinging sixties, a whole bunch of like cool sixties looks and stuff. I don't know why, but they were going to go for the sixties. Mm. I think it's because they wanted the excuse of, yeah, I know they're supposed to be older, but we don't want them that old. Yeah. I guess. So yeah. it was supposed to be in the swing sixties, just during the, just during around the time of the Vietnam War, um, where Captain America is hiding something. Vietnam War, ooh, political, <laughs> and then for, and then for some fucking reason, Red Skull tries to steal the Statue of Liberty. So <laughs> it actually does sound like it would have been hilarious. I don't think it would have been good, but it might have been like a good bad movie. Yeah, so. and it, this this would have been like a scratching your head, like wow. Although the movie we got to see still had a few of those. Um, later on, though, some of the feed, some of the negative feedback from the winner and Hay version, right? Um, winner then had to start over again. So this is now the third time, mm. okay? Uh, working alongside, actually, alongside Stan Lee. So this time they actually said, no, Stan Lee, okay, we, um, we'll work with you. Okay, we'll actually work with you. You give us ideas for this script, okay? Well, wouldn't you um, go to Stan Lee first, you know? It's I, like... I don't know. Thing is, Stanley, Stan, because you have Stanley and Jack Kirby. Stanley and Jack Kirby were the ones who created Captain America. Yeah, right. So you would kind of think that even though they gave the film rights to them, you thought they would maybe be like go to the source. But I think this is around a time, like in the seventies and eighties, where uh, comic books weren't really seen as pure literature. You know what I mean? No, definitely. Yeah, it wasn't weren't taken seriously. You know. So maybe they think like, oh, we're not going to go to them. We can we can write better. We're movie makers. These guys just write comics. So maybe that's the thing that are in their head, right? Yeah. Um, but by this point, by 1987, so you can see from 1981 when they were trying to when when the rights were kind of floating around, 1984. So it took about three to four years to get to a point, and then when it got to this point, winner left the project. Mm. he completely left the project like i've had enough of this kind of thing i'm out i'm out of here kind of thing yeah it's like so it, it, i'm just thinking michael winner so like you know this is the guy who did death wish so this is the thing that also curious me captain america dubbed by the director of death wish yeah you know yeah i'm not i'm not a big fan of he's he's, he's quite well, well known as being a bit of a dirtbag michael winner yeah but it just sounds like it'll be a weird mishmash yeah. of like Pure patriotic cheese, bit of a scumbag, put yeah. together. He'd probably go. try and put a rape scene in there somewhere. You know what he's like. <laughs> this then moved on to actor-director John Stokewell came on board and then had another script written by Stephen Tolkien, right? So Stephen Tolkien wrote the script and everything else was falling out. Then the thing was, the producer, one of the producers of Canon left Canon in 1989, right? And part of his severage package was he was going to gain control of 21st Century Film Corp, right? Which which allowed him to, he now owns the film rights 
to Captain America. So, only, so in other words, it was a canon film, but then one of the main owners of canon left and said, oh, if, we're, if, if, if I'm going to leave, I'm taking Captain America with me. Okay. <laughs> okay. Right. So all so that means John Stockwell's idea was then scrapped again. So <laughs> So this has gone through about four iterations and we haven't even started filming yet. Blimey. <laughs> well, it doesn't sound like it's it sounds like it's evolved so much that it wasn't it's not the same thing anymore, you know. It's like a different kind of idea like the end result. It's not it's not like the same thing in production all the time, is it, you know? Nah, it feels like it's been scrapped so many times and everyone's like, we're doing this version now. It's like, nah, I don't like it. We're going to do this version now. Nah, I don't like it. We're going to do this one. The director's left. Fine, fuck it. Oh, we're going to do this one again. Oh, I'm leaving the company. I'm taking this with me. It's all really kind of petty and a bit kind of dumb, if you think yeah. about it. See, I would say that in terms of the production of this film, I would have said yeah. that that would have started when the director this director got involved that's when it kind of started 100 percent. which Al, you know albert pune who uh then was then who previously worked with canon anyway was brought on board to work on tolkien's script that was originally started with canon but do a massive rewrite now um according to the interview with uh according to an interview tolkien um not tolkien explained. no no it's just tolkien it's not, not tolkien it's, imagine, imagine, just for a second. Tolkien's okay. Captain America. <laughs> oh my God! You know the script would be about ten pages of him just describing the scenery before yeah. we even get to like Captain America gang. This would make more sense. Flying eagles, yes. So Tolkien um, explained some of the changes he made to the original from from the original comic. So he started to go like, "I'm going to do a little diversion from the comic, including changes to the appearance and the character of Red Skull." Um, which we're gonna let, let's talk about Red Skull for a minute. Yeah. Um, so he was oh made boy. Italian for a start. Yes. Yeah, and it's. I think what the what I did like about this movie is that they the origin story is quite a dark, tragic story that they create. It's not like that. The origin story isn't like that in the comics at all. Mm. You know, and it's, yeah, it's, it's a very. I think it's because they wanted to kind of make them both kind of tragedies, didn't they? Both Captain America and Red Skull, similar and have tragic kind of uh, stories. Uh, well, I guess. I feel like. I guess, but it feels like here's the thing, though. It feels like the Red Skull had the worst oh, part definitely. of it because yeah. because the Red Skull was as was was abducted as a child, right? Taken to a German Italian fascist facility to be tested on, and then mutate into this well, what looks like the the oh wow, what is the makeup on that face? Yeah, it's, wow, it's kind of it's kind of horrible. But yeah, I, I, I do like that. And it's, it kicks you off with that, that dark origin straight away, isn't it? Right at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And you kind of think it thinking like, ooh, this might actually be pretty decent because like this is a this is a this is a dark turn. And it's the first five minutes of the movie and thinking, OK, you head deep. We're going head deep into this backstory of the Red Skull. Different, but still pretty uh pretty tragic although right? you know that it's it's not going to be too dark because at the start of the movie it's, it kicks off with this 
I it's love like, this tune. It's just eases you in to like cheese, doesn't it? Yeah, and it's really bizarre because the way it starts, the music kicks in, and then you just see like an Italian. Yeah, you just see you hear like an Italian village and everything else, and kids running around, and the logo Captain America, and you're thinking, "Oh, it's triumphant!" But then you don't see Cap anywhere, and then you see this you're turning into this horrific child experimentation. Yeah, and the, the, the logo that comes on the screen is exactly like the comic logo, which works with the comic, but in the movie it kind of looks so cheesy and like sort of really cartoony, doesn't it, on there? It's it got like the red, white, so and blue cheap. stripes across the text. It's that logo. Now, here's the thing. They also changed it. Uh, so, he, so halfway through Degenerations, he had plastic surgery to fix his face. And the main reason is, and I quote, I do, uh, this is from... This is from Tolkien. This is from Tolkien himself. He said, "I don't think people wanted to keep looking at his horrible skull face forever." <laughs> well, cool. He's Red Skull. You know, you've got, you've got to expect him to look horrible and hideous throughout the movie. But this is the thing. It's like it's not the, okay. This is very difficult to describe just through audio. But you know, compare this to you know Hugo Weaving's Red Skull in the first Captain America: The First Avenger, right? Mm. Where it's just it's just basically like a face that's more latex and stuck in red all over, and there's nothing really weird about it. It looks it looks pretty intimidating. It looks scary. It looks more like the comic. Mm. This version, though, what were with the giant chunky pieces in the head and the cracks? What was up with that? I know he kind of looks like a demon, doesn't he? More than a skull, like mm. a red skull. It's yeah. like it's like a demonic kind of face, isn't it? That's bright red. It, there were moments in I was looking at it and I said to myself, "You look like a Lego head. Yeah. Like you actually, the, the shape of the head looks like a Lego head, right? With the thing popped up and everything, which is a bit of cracks on it. And you could, he could barely blink, he could barely move. He looked incredibly uncomfortable. Nah, mate, nah. And I can totally understand because it was done so cheaply that I, I laughed the first time I saw it." Yeah, well, it's well, it's not just the visual you laugh at with Red Skull, though, is it? It's it's the delivery of his line. He is so over the top, but it is. It, I find it so entertaining. And most of the it's best, out. most of the best dialogue is 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 either just Red Skull on his own or or exchanges with Captain America. Yeah, like for example, uh, at one point when Captain America goes and infiltrates Red Skull's base for the first time, the fact the moment when he ties him up to like when having the fight and they're tying him and he's tying him up to the rocket, it's what kind of banter is happening there? I've got a clip. Shall I play it? Play it, please. You are a perfect symbol of America, my brother. Weak under self-criticism. <laughs> you have even failed to teach me English. But uh, I am much practicing while you speak. I am much practicing. Where is the big bomb going? The big <laughs> Where bomb is, the big is bomb going, going to the... Uh, are you say Casabianca? No, no, don't tell me. I know. It's White House. A present going for to the White President House. Roosevelt. Tell me. Do you think... I could be president of the United States. <laughs> what are you on? I love that they just strap him to a rocket to be like, have that, America. <laughs> uh, principal photography then happened in 1989 and was completed in 1990. Um, now, here's the thing. Um, the whole thing was shot, was shot and edited within a year, which... 
Wow. Whole thing within a year, right? So well done for them, I guess. But um, the release for this had trouble. Now, the film was intended to have an August 1990 release, okay, to coincide with Captain America's 50th anniversary. Yeah. So, okay, smart, smart thinking, right? Several release dates were announced between all this, you know, around, well, also several, several other release dates throughout the world were done with that. But the film was unreleased for two years before it went direct to video. And the reason why was because there was a very small theatrical release in different parts of the world, right? Mm. But <clears throat> there was, there basically, there was a, the one that got launched was panned so badly by test audiences and the people who did go to see it, they immediately pulled it away, mm. right? They immediately pulled it away and kept it on the shelf for two years before they decided to say, fuck it, we're putting it straight onto video. <laughs> right. So they're a bit sort of ashamed of it to put it in the cinemas at that point. Pretty they, they, much. They must have had no idea it was going to be that bad because they had all that release planned and everything and it'd be like, oh yeah, it would have launched at the right time. And But no, yeah. God, they, they must have just thought, oh shit. They go like, oh no, this is a... Oh, this has not gone well at all. Um, in order, and this is another reason why they were, the movie was getting so hyped up and failed. Uh, some teaser trailers for the movie were shown in selective screenings of Tim Burton's Batman, right? right yeah. So you'd see the trailer for this before you got to see Batman, right? Mm. So, again, really building up on the hype and saying, yeah, Captain America, yeah. Oh, this is going to be great. Yeah, yeah. Flop. <laughs> Absolute flipping flop when the when the first set of screenings happened pretty badly right mm. um the movie was then uh had reshoots so yeah. that took this is partly the reason why it was put on the shelf for two years it's so like right we're gonna, we're gonna need some reshoots we're gonna get a fix some of this we need to fix whatever the hell this is i don't know what they tried to fix i don't think it made it better and also, they didn't have much money, like hardly any money. So what? how could they fix it without I money? I have no idea. Here's the thing, though, and this is what I love. Um, before this before this movie was introduced, like properly, the version was introduced to cinemas, in ni- to, to TV in 1992, Stan Lee wrote uh, an intro for it. Mm. Do you, do you know what he said? And I, I'm sitting there going like, nah, you're lying. This is, this is PR up the wazoo. Uh, director Albert Pune, this is what he said. <clears throat> I, I can't do a Stan Lee voice, by the way. I'm not going to do it like Excelsior. Nah, I'm not going to do it. Um, Dr. Albert Pune did so well and so excitedly that everyone the everyone in the audience at the screening kept clamoring for more. To a, they said that he said this in order to when when talking about the reshoots, right. <laughs> Nah, it's bollocks, mate. You don't, you don't do, you not, most of the time when you do reshoots, you don't do a reshoot because the movie's so good, we want more of it. He was just twisting it to make it sound positive, wasn't he, basically? Yeah, I think, it's either that or Albert's like, no, reshoots are normal. Sometimes something's so good, we need to put more of it in. It's, <laughs> oh, Crazy. poor buddy. Poor buddy. Um, 
but yeah, and then it was, and then it was like unceremoniously launched on television in 1992. And then when people watched it, they were not very excited about it. And obviously now it's kind of fallen into obscurity and, until obviously now, like around this time, where people are sort of reemerging, it, it the, this movie kind of got a resurgence when the Captain America movie from 2011 came out. When yeah, the didn't one you we do? Uh, did you do a director's cut and like release that and showed that in some cinemas and around on the same year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To celebrate it yeah. in a weird way, to say like this was the first attempt at it, and if no one's really saw it and they want to have a look at it, and yeah, there was a director's cut. Um, it was released on tour. So it was, wasn't like, oh, it was all launched at once. The director went with the movie and went to theatre to theatre yeah. to do sort of a road show kind of thing. <laughs> a bit like a Tommy Wiseau kind of thing with the room, isn't it? Yeah. Pretty much. Get all Although... those like, bad movie fans, you know, get all them on board. <laughs> Throughout the years of them trying to develop a, a Captain America movie, there were quite a few people up for the role. Do you know any of them? Or do you want me to share? I, I do, actually. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger was in line for it. Uh, Dolph Lundgren. But he was Dolph involved Lund- with Punisher, wasn't he? So Yes, he, he, he basically was he was signed up for it, but he, re- he decided to do Punisher instead, which that's a different kettle of fish. One um, for another episode, d- I think. But uh, I'm trying uh, to think if I know any more. I don't think I... I think they're the only ones that popped out that I remember. Oh, oh, do you want to know what it is? Yeah. Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer. Oh, yeah, and he... Because he wants to do the Doors movie instead, didn't he? Which is a good decision, because that was a really good movie. And a choice. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. he he picked that one well, I think. Oh, that was... Well done, buddy. Yeah. (laughs) You dodged a bullet there. (laughs) Otherwise, you would have forever been known as the most uncharismatic um, Captain America ever because you've got Matt Salinger which poor guy but he was just nope yeah. <laughs> not good choice although he, a few years later he was Batman wasn't he and it messed that up so yeah we're talking about Val Kilmer yeah he yeah he, yeah he did I think basically I think he just can't do superheroes no. Val Kilmer steps away from superheroes better choice reception for this movie was well absolutely panned universally panned by critics um holding a seven percent on rotten tomatoes seven percent yeah although i don't know about you but i don't always trust rotten tomatoes because some films they've rated really low and 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 i quite like them and so i don't always trust it so true i mean there are movies that are like badly bombed you know like yeah. they're, they're review bombed when it's like oh, i don't like a thing they review it terribly but mm. realistically this was before all that so looking at things so on average the rating for this average rating for it is about 2.9 out of 10 yeah um the consensus of it states that the film felt like it had lack of script budget direction or star power for doing any, to do any justice to the source material. This Captain America sh- should have been left under the ice. Ooh, scathing, <laughs> right? This was, at the time, and it is still one of the lowest-rated Marvel movies on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. I, can, I mean, lowest... I can understand why. Yeah. It's just that yeah. people like us, I mean, we like sort of bad movies, but I can imagine if people who don't... They would absolutely hate this. 
Yeah. Oh, is it, this is the thing. Like, and do you know how you were mentioning as well? Like, um, oh, the opening is very dark, but the whole thing feels very like kid friendly. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely like sort of confusing themes. And yeah. Stuff. Um, another, another critic mentioned this movie isn't merely wrong for kids. It's open. It opens in pre-war Italy with a sequence in, it- in, in, in Italian with subtitles and a, and a machine gun slaughter. It's just all wrong. The savoring that the movie is a shapeless blob of a plot and gave it an F. <laughs> God. Wow. Some of these are pure scathing. And in 2006, a flickering myth who re, who re looked at the movie said, it's not, it's not a great film. And it's one, and it's really only for the interest for the pre cinematic universe curious for the hardcore Marvel fans. Everyone else avoid like the plague. Yeah. But there is, I don't know if you've seen it. There is some positive reviews, but I think yeah. they're more recent uh, nostalgic kind of ones. I'm definitely thinking the ones you look back at it now. Yeah. Um, the ones that want to do review or look back at it now, they're looking at it a little bit more like, I think they're definitely more kinder to it. Mm. And I think it's because they didn't, I think it's because they're looking, oh, it's the late, it's the early 90s. It always looked like this. Or you're having moments where, you know, you didn't have direct competition in terms of that at the time. It's been allowed to fester and linger a bit and find its own audience. Because picture it, you were fighting against... Tim Burton's Batman and and Superman at the time. Mm. How are you going to compete with that? And then you look at this and you're thinking, they don't have the money, they don't have the plot, they don't have the star power. No way are they going to do well. So, of course, it got critically panned as well. <laughs> now just go for the movie. Now, we've already talked in length about what the opening of the movie is. So, the weird pre- war italy child abduction slash <laughs> experimentation where we're introduced to the italian scientist who looks who looks familiar but definitely isn't the woman i'm thinking of and escapes with a diary or whatever i love in that what well, the thing though i love the how evil obviously the nazis you're gonna make him evil but like i yeah. love that they they, they like grab the boy with superior t- intelligence and they like face him towards the family as they're getting shot. It's like, oh, you've got to see this. It's like horrible. Here's a weird so one over well. the top 90s bad guys style, isn't it? Like, and this is the weird thing. It's like, how do they know that kid has superior intelligence? I know. Like, so- they just don't explain that at all. They just kind of, they just know, don't they? You just got to expect. Yeah, they, they, yeah, just imagine that they know somehow. I don't know. They just happen to know, like, that kid is really smart. Let's kidnap him and turn him into a guinea pig. Yeah. Okay. And then once that happens, it cuts to literally seven years later, right? And we are now in America, and we get to see uh, Steve Rogers for the first time in a quite unusually lame way, I'm not going to lie, his introduction, um, where he's just sitting there in his kitchen talking to his mother. Yeah. And he's he's kind of like... A, a, well... I suppose Steve Rogers is meant to be a bit of a sort of a nerdy guy, isn't he? And he's like, mm. what is it that he's supposed to have his condition? Because he's kind of like limping. Polio. He's like limping he's around, isn't he? Polio. Yeah. The kid's supposed to have polio. Okay, so now Steve Rogers has polio, right? Uh, 
And so I think also the same time his father's dead, I think it is. So the whole thing is that they're kind of like doing a thing and his dad's dead. And, and at the same time as well, they're saying, your dad would like this. You know, he would appreciate you going on to the mission. His, his mum, by the way, doesn't look. They look exactly the same age, by the way. No. And she's basically... She's sort of talking about the dad, like, sort of dying. It's like, and he's like saying, well, just kind of make sure that you don't die as well. That kind of, that kind of casual conversation. And uh, so then, casual. He, then he goes, but where, where's, where's, where's Bernie? Where's Bernie? And then he goes off to find Bernie, doesn't he? And they have, yeah. like, the, which is obviously his love interest, you know. And, like, they have a very, very cheesy piece of uh, uh, dialogue. And Go it's, for it. It's, it's, it's the, uh, this. I'm sorry. It's just, it's just that I love you, <laughs> and I can't imagine not knowing what you're doing or where you're going. It's just like pure cheese soap opera. You got the like the cheesy piano underneath. It sounds exactly and looks exactly like a soap, doesn't it? Exactly, and I'm definitely feeling like this. That's this just from that ten minutes alone. That's all I felt. I felt like. It felt like a TV movie. It actually felt like it was supposed to be a TV movie. It never felt like, how am I supposed to look at this on the big screen? It doesn't feel cinematic enough with the dialogue, the look of the movie. And look, we met Bernie. We only know Bernie for about a minute. And then we're whooshed away. And how are we supposed to know that this is the love of his life? Like, really? Yeah, I suppose the only thing it's given you is the fact that he... He doesn't want to leave before like seeing her and stuff, so he rushes off to find her and like say goodbye. Yeah, but it's like it's literally that's all you get: a run, a couple of lines, dialogue, a hug, and then he's now taken very quickly. By the way, he's now taken by the same Italian scientist who escaped the the uh, pre-Italy war fortress. Yeah, Doctor Vasselli, isn't it? Doctor Vasselli. Doctor Vasselli. Yeah. Doctor Vasselli. Why is she in the car as well? She she like meets him there. Like surely she, she, he would just meet like her at the facility later on. Like I don't know, but it's more like I think because again it, they, they must have done this to be quick. It's like right, we have to be quick. We have to move the plot along because we have a lot to get through. Mm. <laughs> And all, listen, all this is within the first 10 minutes, right? Okay, so they get in the it's car. super speedy, really is. Get in the car. They are immediately in the facility. Yeah. He's tied up. No one explains that there's a super serum. No one explains who anyone is. Everyone's just there. And we're just, we're on a roll, people. We're on a roll. The, then, uh, oh, God. One other thing I'd like to say, like, the facility is like yeah. in a diner, isn't it? It's like it's almost like at the back cave. You kind of like open a kind of yes! thing, and it's the, the the wall swivels around, and you go down the stairs into the secret facility. See, see that is that I'm okay with because that's like very Batman. It's like oh, let me just pull a couple of weird levers. Oh, let's go down the spiral staircase. It's great, but you said they're going. We're immediately here. Nothing's explained. We're just. Fuck, okay. Right, we're, we're into this. We're in this. Once he gets super serum, which, be honest, you couldn't really tell a goddamn difference in terms of his look or anything in no, comparison. No, I, I think, obviously, well, they didn't have the technology to do what they did in the uh, 2011 one, but they, yeah. I think what they did is they, they tried to make him... They, they gave him baggy clothes and stuff, didn't they? So they tried mm. to make him look like he was not filling out his clothes and he was, like, skinny. And I think they just, I like... Guess. They just they basically, like made him look a bit more beefy when when in like when he was Captain America just by having the right size clothes on. <laughs> it's like, buy him a tighter outfit. Yeah. He'll look like he's booming. 
right? It's hilarious. But he immediately, the... when he, they, they inject the serum and he goes through the process, he immediately, like, breaks out, doesn't he? Because the Dr. Vesalis is killed by a, spy, a German spy, Nazi spy. And it, this is the section. I'd like you to meet Richard Ehrlich. He's a special observer sent by President Roosevelt. Oh, remarkable work, Dr. Vesalis. Congratulations. Hail Hitler! <laughs> I love that. It's just like, I, it's not supposed to be funny, is it? When he's like, Hail Hitler, and shoots it like cold blood. But it's amazing. It so fast. And it as happens soon, so fast. Yeah, and as soon as that happens, that kind of alerts Captain America. He just breaks out of his restraints. And just, mm. he gets shot about three times, just keeps going, just like beats the guy up, doesn't he? My favorite bit, he grabs the guy, throws him into what seems like a bunch of computer or electrical stuff, and then he's getting electrocuted. But I love how the guy's position is. He's like this. He's got his arms up, his legs like in a cross, and he's just jiggling on the spot as he's just getting electrocuted and then just falls flat. It is so cheesy. It's kind of brilliant. And that's, again, this is all in the first 10 minutes. Yeah, and it keeps going at that pace, doesn't it? Like, it, I think pretty much like, after that, you're in the plane with, <laughs> like, Captain America fully suited up. There's no, like, introduction to the suit like you would normally in a superhero movie. You get, like, show him the suit and he'll look at it and there's a bit of a tension, like, build up. He's actually yeah. in the suit, in the plane, about to be dropped onto into enemy territory. And you get the, the guy who's, like, sort of, he's, like, uh, gen- not his general, but you know, yeah, he's like sort of yeah, yeah. give him like a bit of like prep work about what's talk. going on in the meeting. He talks about the suit, and they say this. You all right with that there shield? Can use a little more time to practice. <laughs> like about a month. Like, you like... You're gonna have those two resistance fellas down there to take you through that launch site like they was escorting you to the senior prom. <laughs> Besides, you got that crazy fireproof uniform Dr. Vaselli made up for you. Doesn't look very fireproof. No, at all. <laughs> nope. But she sure did love the red, white, and blue. So they're kind of making a joke about, they're trying to cover themselves with the, the, the costume, aren't they? Because they're saying, like, it's not really much of a camouflage, you know, it's kind of suit. Yeah. And then just I... talking about how patriotic she is, like... Wasn't yeah. the, uh, the the suit was designed by the same people who did Batman? Yes. Suit. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Which uh, which I kind of feel like I'm sitting there going like I think that's um I, th- I think they I think they were having a bit of a bad day there compared to uh, Michael Keaton's Batman suit yeah. compared to this you think like well someone's having a lazy day yeah although I read as well that the director kind of wanted a more like tactical kind of look like in the black and stuff but the studio were like no we need the red white and blue. <laughs> Now, here's the thing. It's not the studio. It was Marvel. Oh, Marvel. Right. Okay. Marvel demanded it. So basically, he said, like, um, uh, so Albert Pune approached Marvel, Marvel's comics, for making to, about making a black uh, Captain America suit that was coming out around the same time in the comics in 1989. So mm. around that time, Captain America was having that. Marvel said no. Right. He then asked if he could make the suit more tactical with like a, you know, like with a belt and quarter mail armor and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Make it look more military. Marvel also said no. He was then told by them that it has to be the classic red, white and blue leather latex outfit. Otherwise, the movie's not going ahead. 
God, they shot themselves in the foot then a bit, to be honest. But it's like yeah. I also read that the original, the, the other idea of the suit would have been actually similar to the 2011 one. So yeah. they might have, should have gone with that one, really, because that one was very okay. People liked that, didn't they? But here's the thing. This is the thing for me that, that still boggles the mind about the costume. Okay, so you've made sort of a, bl- a red, white, and blue costume. Okay, I get that. Why the wings? Oh, like, and he's held on, on his, wings? like, hood. Yeah. Why the wings? I, I know they're part of the original costume, but it's so dumb-looking. I, I I, mean, I would say that the, the worst part is the ears, the fake ears. <laughs> yes! Because originally they had it cut out so that his ears could poke through, but it was too, yeah. it was chafing too much. They ended up just putting prosthetic ears, just slapping them on the sides. But here's the thing. Uh, the, uh, Matt Salinger's costume is a factoid, was made out of heavy rubber, okay? So it was heavily padded and he didn't breathe. Filming took place in the summer in Yugoslavia with temperatures reaching up to 40 degrees Celsius. My God. He nearly got heat exhaustion, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he pretty much nearly was taken off the movie entirely out of heat exhaustion. Mm. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So he's dumped in enemy territory. And he still looks so like he's like fumbling around, isn't he? And he kind of like gets... He's got his, he gets his shield out, and then they put the searchlight on. He's like, "Oh shit, what am I gonna do?" And he tries to like chuck the shield and stuff. They make him look mm. crap, don't they? In this scene, he's like Captain America, and I know he's meant to be like sort of like new to the the, the role of Captain America, but yeah. I think fans really kicked off with the fact that he's shit in that scene. He's like really, really bad. Yeah, is 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 shield throwing is quite interesting. Like, <clears throat> I think it takes it took a lot of edits to get the shield to look like it was flying across the air. Mm. But it did make me laugh some of it. Like, the first time when he's on the ground, he throws a shield. Uh, he throws a shield and takes down an entire, like, outpost with one fell swoop. I know. And apparently they've never never revealed how they did the effects for that because it was pre-CGI. So I guess mm. it might have been, like, wire work or something. It might have had it, like, floating along via wire. <laughs> to be frank, I don't really want to know because it just looks kind of... It just it, Nowadays, it looks kind of dumb. What's weird about it is that he, he kind of abandons the whole stealth thing. It's like, well, I've got this suit that's standing out so much. Fuck it with the stealth. I'll just go in there, all guns blazing. <laughs> and he's just go, he just walks in the front door, basically, doesn't he? Of, the, of Red Skull's, like, lair. 
yeah. there and just like has has a fight with Red Skull and just yeah, which which it's 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 it which <laughs> looks pretty crap. It it literally looks just like two bunch of people in rubber just just bouncing off each other, and then. Um, and then he's kidnapped, and then he's kidnapped, and he's tied to a rocket. And we've already described that scene with the rocket, where he's launched. But then, remember, Red Skull loses a hand. Yeah, because he, he, Captain America basically grabs onto him and says, "I'm if if I'm going, you're coming with me, doesn't it?" So he has to hack yeah. his own hand off. <laughs> Which is okay. You're also the fact that he, the Red Skull's very, very close to that rocket anyway. Like, they're literally, like, face-to-face. Like, and you can see the rockets flying off. It's like, dude, get out of the way. You're going to get burnt terribly. Yeah. Oh, my it God. It's perfect. It's just, it's, it's so hilarious, that, that whole scene. Must covering five this whole scene is my favorite scene in the movie, where we're now suddenly in Washington, D.C., Yeah. right? Now, question... The base, the base is like it's supposed to be in Italy, or is it? Is it not in Italy? It's supposed to be in Berlin or like Germany, yeah. Yeah. This rocket is gonna take quite a fucking while to get over to Washington D.C. Right to take uh, to take out the White House. So I'm just having this funny thought of just Steve Rogers. He's just lying there for hours, thinking, "What the fuck am I gonna do? It's gonna take a it's gonna take at least an hour or so for it to fly over all the way to there." I'm thinking, "This is." What is happening? Yes. (laughs) And then we get this boy, right? We get this boy who has the cheesiest lines in the history of ever. Like, you must have a few of these from from the little boy, yeah? You must have a few. No, I don't actually have much from the boy. You're talking about the president when he's a kid, yeah. Yes. Okay, so first of all, you see this boy who's staring out the window at night which is sort of a weird, the way they do it is weird because you get a whole bunch of B-roll from like Washington, D.C. And then you see the kid staring out the window. <laughs> then the mum comes in and says like, it's like, honey, it's late. Why are you not sleeping? I can't sleep. This is Washington, D.C. What does that even mean? He's like so excited, isn't he? So He's so, so patriotic. He's like really excited to meet the president and stuff, isn't he? Like, it's what? so dumb. I mean, were kids like that back then? I don't know. Now, here's the thing. You can't just say, I can't sleep. This is Washington, D.C. You live in it. Do you mean that you basically say you never sleep? Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Right. So he goes to sleep, but he doesn't really go to sleep. He takes his camera and he goes out because he wants to take a photo of the White House. Sure. Why not? And then using his super-powered camera, like this is, has to be super-powered. He turns around and sees the rocket that's going directly towards the White House. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, it's not like a zoom camera, really. It's like a, it looks like a standard like camera from, what, the 40s or something. Yeah. And he manages to see in detail <laughs> what a, a moving rocket. He manages to see Captain America strapped on in detail and take a, like a really good close-up of his face. On the, uh, I mean, it's quite dark because it's like at night, but yeah, he, he he gets every little bit of detail down in his head, and he knows exactly who it is, and he even knows exactly who it is, even though it's like this is supposed to be a top secret thing. No one knows who Captain America is. Captain America is supposed to be top secret, so somehow this boy knows, which he did. This, this did not go well. Um, he takes a picture of this, by the way, and then Captain America's on here while. 
somehow also gets to see the boy, even though he is not in the same direction. He's looking up at the sky. And yeah. he's not he's nowhere able to see the boy. Knowing for some reason there's this boy with a superpowered camera, he kicks the rocket, the the flaps on the rocket, you know, the fins. Yeah. I mean, and, I, I think I think that he's he's basically kicking the fins because he knows he's approaching the White House. I don't think he sees the boy because later on he says oh, we've met before, and he's like, "Oh, have no, we? but no, 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 he does, he does because he says something like that after he says, "So you're the boy." So what? You so you have <laughs> you do know who he is? <laughs> it is amazing. So he basically avoids uh, the White House and just keeps going. And the boy, yeah, and the boy. You've- and just keeps going and ends up in Alaska, doesn't he? For, and he's frozen in ice. Yeah. And that's how we do the whole storyline of him frozen in ice. And then we get this cool time skip montage, which is like this. Yes. Play it. So you get these like sound alikes of songs of the eras. It's ridiculous. Newspapers how many... spinning and flashing on the screen. Yeah, it's so cheesy. Bear any burden, uphold any foe. I heard Tom Kimball joined to go to Vietnam because he felt it was his obligation. As I like how some of the papers as well, just like local boy goes to war. It's like, that's a headline? This is like Duran Duran, this bit. This bit. Yes! Old Tom gave up his practice to go help out in Africa. Conscience wouldn't allow him to sit and do nothing about the I love a good time skip montage. It's quite well done, this. It's like, you, you, I like it's it. It's cheesy as balls, but it's, I like it. It's cheesy as balls, but well done to him. It kind of reminded me of, like, the 60s Batman as well with the spinning papers. Mm. Last night on a platform that one man can make a difference. Before we get to the present day stuff, can we talk about the music in general? Can we just talk about the soundtrack of this movie? Yeah, it's. I saw it, saw it as like very, very nineties, but it's also it's mm. definitely getting a lot of sort of sound alikes in there. So because they can't afford mm. the licensing for the original versions, of course. Yeah, like there's at least three songs that are very recognizable. There's one song that's definitely like you mentioned as Duran Duran ripoff. There's another song that sounds like very much like something out of Bruce Springsteen. Uh, there's one that sounds tremendously like something like uh, like an Elvis Presley song. All of them are like rip-offs. They're not, they're like a couple of notes off. So they're not really Duran Duran or Bruce Springsteen or or, 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 or Elvis or whatever. It's, it's fucking hilarious. Um, yeah, but it is, it is good because that is a way, that is a way of getting a, a, a certain sound you want without paying mm. for it. So I understand the, the, the thought behind it. Yeah, but it's also like, since they, they didn't change it enough. <laughs> <laughs> if they changed it a little bit more, I would say that's clever. But I said, like, dude, I know that's Duran Duran. I know that's this. I know that's Bruce Springsteen. I know this is this. I'm like, what are you doing, mate? I think what they hope will happen is people, because it's similar, but it isn't quite the same, people think, yeah. oh, they've actually got Duran Duran music on this, and they actually think it is the original version. I love how he gets revived from the ice. He's, he's in Alaska. Yeah. He's got the thing. He has his hand up there, and he's twitching his hand in that ice block. And then randomly, once he's been discovered by, by seemingly the president, the president sends this 
this excavation out to Alaska, apparently. Mm. Right? And I love it. His finger, the Captain America struck on the box. He's, he twitches a bit and then just explodes out of the ice. I have got a clip if you want me to play it. Do it. The synth's like ba 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 ba. It's so triumphant. And then, all right. So he gets out. He breaks out of the ice. And when he breaks out of the ice, he just walks out. He's in the middle of Alaska, by the way. He walks out with a whole bunch of people. He doesn't talk to anyone. He just fucking leaves. Yeah, he's straight back on it, isn't he? Straight back to fight, just fighting Nazis straight away. He's like, I've got to find them. Once the news travels very fucking quickly in this world, because the moment he breaks out of the ice, it's world news. Italy knows about it. The president knows about it. Everyone knows about it. To the yeah. point that it then leads to a whole bunch of mess. Well, Red Skull reads it in a newspaper, doesn't he? And he, he yeah. basically says, he's, he talks to his daughter, and it's like this. Mm. It's him. Cool, Baba. Captain America. Captain America. I'm Dracula Blair. Can I count on my daughter to take care of this for me? Absolutely. So, he then she then sort of sends her. Well, at, she goes along to find him with her goons, and there's a scene where they're in a chopper, and the music is so brilliant. This is the bad guys in <laughs> chopper music. Make me feel. It's, 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 it's Michael Jackson. It's Michael Jackson. <laughs> so yeah, that's this. Yeah, basically they're sort of high up, sort of stalking uh, Cap, and that music's yeah. playing. But I don't know what about you, but they they kind of made the Nazis a bit too cool. They're like they're in that they're in shades and stuff and like there's there's like he's the um the daughter Red Skull's daughter and the other woman ridiculously yeah. hot as well and they're like really really cool and you're like it's just they're more like they're a lot cooler than the good guys. Pretty much, they all look young, hot, good looking. They're all into the latest fashion. They all know the latest music. They're all very much in it, right? <laughs> while while all of Captain America and everyone else is like, oh, they're all fuddy duddies. Like Ned Beatty, who is the who's a reporter, yeah. who is just this, he's like he's the only ally you know. And just me, me, me. When that happens, it, by the way, there is the moment the newspaper thing happened, right? Yeah. The newspaper scene. Right with uh, with that, and to jump into Ned Beatty in the car and the whole um, helicopters, right? It's instant. There is no build up. Suddenly, the Italians are there in Canada. Yeah, fighting instantly. There is no build. It just happens. Yeah, because he uh, uh, he saves. He, he just gets there and he saves Cap, doesn't he? Uh, but I, what I love mind. about that is when he's kind of driving off and it's kind of like they're talking, but like the mm. dialogue fades out as they fade out into distance. And I don't think they should have done that because listen to how it sounds. Get in. Come on, come on. 
Who was that shooting at you? Nazis. And then he, he, he actually does say, who are you? But it's like so faint because he's like, he's, he's already off into the distance. But I understand in the sound mix, you kind of want to make it realistic. But you need to hear the lines that they're saying. It's... I know. You barely heard Nazi as he goes past. I laughed when I heard that. It's like saying, so who, it's like, who the hell were they? Nazis. But it's like really soft. It's like, Nazis. Yeah. It's great. It's great. This thing, this next scene is really, really funny for me. It's the scene where um, where um, Captain America and Ned Beatty are in the car. And Ned Beatty is trying to get as much information as possible out of Captain America to figure out who the Red Skull is. But here's the thing, that one thing no one explains to him yet. No one explains what year it is. Yeah. He's just so, so confused. And uh, he does that thing where he, he wants to kind of do it his own way doesn't he so he kind of says yeah. i'm gonna be sick i'm gonna be sick so he gets pull the car over and uh he gets out and he's this is like something that would be like in a comedy kind of slapstick kind of show or like comedy <laughs> show he gets he gets uh is it the character called sam yeah 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 he basically gets him to come out to see if he's okay and he goes and he runs back in the car and sort of drives off and leaves him there and this is the thing he doesn't do this once. No. He does it twice. It's like the gag wasn't funny the first time. Don't do it again. He does it again later. He decides to go home, doesn't he? And we get yeah. one of my favorite montages, him traveling home. And it's the music is absolutely perfect. It is. Long, long time ago. The chorus is so great when it gets to it. So basically, you've just got like shots of traveling shots and stuff of him just like he's on a train at one point, he's on like in the car. At one one point, he's in a trench coat, but he's got the Captain American outfit underneath it. It's so on the nose, it's ridiculous. It's so bad. It's so bad. Memories of you, girl. It's, this is the Bruce Springsteen one I was thinking of. Thinking of this is ridiculous. What are we doing here? What how is it happening? It's so on the nose. I love you're right, it. you're right, mate. It is Bruce Springsteen. It's like trying to be Bruce, isn't it? The, trying, trying to be, to be the boss, but you can't just try and be the boss. But the thing is, as well, the lyrics are all so on the nose in that scene. It's like, I'm a loss, I'm alone, I'm trying to find the love of my life, I don't know where I've been, I don't know where I am. And I'm like, dude, show don't tell, buddy. <laughs> Memories of you, girl. I just. <laughs> I was killing myself laughing so loud when I first saw that bit. It's really good. But I, I busted. I busted. It was so good. Um, I love one bit as well in that in that scene when uh, during that whole bit is where he's at the beach and he finds Bernie and he finds Bernie and Steve like on the like on the side of a pier and then suddenly he turns around and sees two pugs. It's like, hey, buddy. Uh, uh, you know the pugs go, hey. Hey man, you got any cigarettes? He runs out, and then he literally sees this woman in this tiniest bikini in an American 
banner bikini. Yeah. And I love as he's running, he turns around a bit and, ha- and literally takes a gander at her butt. As she runs. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. And uh, yeah, so he's basically just trying to get his way home, and he arrives back at his old house, doesn't it? And I think yeah, Ber- Bernie like sort of kept that house and lived in it, didn't she? Just just yeah, in case, yeah, yeah. just in case he happened to be not dead and he's going to come home. Um, and they they basically she's now like she has moved on, but you know it took her a while. It's like sixteen years or something. She waited for him. Jesus. Uh, and yeah. basically, she's now married and she's had a kid. And uh, yeah. there's, there's, an, there's this exchange between old Bernie and uh, Cap that's like this. I was 38. So melodramatic I again. Had children before it was too late. You waited for me for 16 years. <gasps> oh, Steve, I. I feel so old and ugly and, and, and look at you. I can't help being hot. I can't help that I'm just frozen in ice for nearly, I don't know how many years. It just wasn't meant to be. I love that how it ends. That It's like, oh, Bernie, I guess it just wasn't meant to be. Oh, it's like, you know, that's that plot line done. The whole Bernie plot line is done now, basically. But then... Somehow, this again speeds up fucking speeds because then, right after that, um, because you know, Captain, you know, Red, Red Skull is disappointed that, um, you know, sh- that, that his daughter didn't get Captain America that time round, yeah, and and is eavesdropping in a com, and so she's eavesdropping in a wired phone call that she has on the president's phone line. That then says, I know where Captain America is because uh, Ned Beatty says, oh, I know where Captain America is. He's He's gone to his girlfriend's house in yeah. California. And I love it. The, 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 the Italian woman then goes and says, he's like, Captain America's in California. Literally, two cuts. One, on a plane. Now they're in California. It's no... Yeah. And similar to the, the, the bad guys in Choppers, we now get bad guys in Jet, which is like this. Yes. Hold the jet. Captain America's in California. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you got this cheesy, like, rock, blues rock for that. that. And the, in, when you, the visual for that is just a load of Nazis in Ray-Ban sunglasses just looking cool in a jet. <laughs> yeah, and they're looking really posery. Like, it's like a photo shoot. They're yeah. sitting down, they're looking forward, they're in different poses, they're having cocktails in their hand. They're living the good life. Like, they're living the good life. This is supposed to be the, um, the emotional crux of the movie. I'm going down, I'm going low, I'm, I'm calming myself down. But this is the emotional crux of the movie because um, Bernie gets killed now. Uh, spoilers. But Bernie Bernie gets killed. So does Jack, who happens to be her husband, who we barely get to know. Like, at yeah, who all. cares? It's like, just yeah, just, just kill him off. It doesn't matter. Right. Actually, no, because he doesn't get killed off, does he? He just gets injured. He gets horribly, horribly injured. Yeah. Um, so basically, the reporter goes over to Bernie's house, right? 
and it's and you open up the door because this is the thing because of how fucking quickly the italians seem to be over away from italy to goddamn california you think that the the door the door opens the door's about to open knocks and she's and she's and, and jack's like jack who's seeing there being a the perfect husband being a slob watching tv <laughs> she's he's about to get up and she's like no i'll get it goes to the door and, you, and your brain instantly thinks oh Okay, it's the bad guys. Although you're thinking to yourself, like, that's fucking quick as the bad guys. You think, oh, maybe it's Captain America, because Captain America's hiding out with uh, with their daughter. Mm. Okay. And it's like, okay, okay, all right. The reporter opens up the door and says, like, you got to believe me. It's like, look, I know, I, I need to know anything you need to know about Captain America. Whatever it is. And then instantly, out of the blue, the Italians come out of nowhere, shoot, kills him shoots yeah, kills him shoots shoots jack and then horribly horribly murders bernie again all within a span of like a minute yeah it's pretty brutal so sharon and captain america hearing it over the phone while captain america's having like relapses and remembering everything uh goes over and she just has a breakdown there's like so much overacting but it's great it's kind of really sort of passionate and stuff she's like really going for it it's trying to get trying to get her oscar for that particular i know right but yeah i I remember that the the bit the where they were basically she was teaching captain america about what's what happened was like history and stuff yeah that's what they were doing Mm. And uh, yeah, then she just hears about the, her mother, so he goes to see what's happening and just goes berserk like you would do. But yeah, but it's just like that happens. Then instantly, we're cut to um, the hospital where they're now in the hospital, keeping an eye on Jack. Mm. Yeah, keeping an eye on Dad. And then again, th- again, this happens so goddamn quickly. Like we don't see this. Um, there is a. Uh, He's flipping on the. He's, he, she's she. Sharon goes like, "Oh, I know what he'll like." He puts on the, like a game show, and then it's like special report: the president's now been kidnapped. That is interrupting uh, Wheel of Fortune, isn't it? Like, yeah, it's like we interrupt Wheel of Fortune to say that the president of the United States has been kidnapped in his Rome uh, hotel room. Like, well, um, this would have been nice to have seen. Yeah, we could have liked to have seen that. Instead of just telling us over a news report. Yeah, it's just like, again, it's just to save money, isn't it? There is no time. There's no time for bull. There's no time for anything. Things just happen quickly because we have so much to cover. Literally after this point, Captain America and Sharon go to the diner, find the underground facility where he was transformed to Captain America to get the diary, and then they have a fight with more italian nazis who now happen to know that that was the base with that just 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 happens yeah because basically they think that vaselli might have had some details on the real uh name of red skull so they can find yes. out track him down but yeah the bad guy one of the bad guys uh, fights with cap and it's like this yeah where is he where's the red skull i don't know nothing none of us do oh we get our orders from the Red Skull's daughter. <laughs> Just chucks him down a vent. It's like, he, 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 The scream lasts for ages as well. It's like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> It's it's really funny that bit because the whole fight this this seems to me like this is a time where you're supposed to, you can really show off Captain America's fighting skills because we've barely seen it right 
but the whole thing is done in the dark. You can, I don't know about you, but you can hardly see anything that's going on in that scene. And I know it's kind of like, I don't know whether they were trying to be like Batman 89 at that particular point, because it had that bit where he grabs him and he pulls yeah. him towards him. It's a bit like the, I want you to tell your, all your friends about me. It kind of, it reminds me a little bit about that bit, but I don't know whether they actually were influenced by 89 because they were kind of making it at the same time that film was being made. Probably. I kind of feel like this movie, uh, I think they, I think they basically hit the fact that maybe, maybe they, they didn't have Matt Salinger knows how to really pull off fake fighting or they didn't have enough money for a good stunt double. Yeah. So they basically like, um, just did most of the movie in the darks so that that bit in the dark so they could hide all the bits because there was a shot which i'm convinced might have been a case where i think captain america jumps up bounces off a pipe and then does like a clothesline from above and smacks someone down but i couldn't fucking tell yeah. i didn't know what that was apparently they did consider um having two actors one to play steve rogers and one to play captain america but they ended up going with just someone who could play both apparently matt salinger could play both kind well i don't he's know not too bad well. he's not too bad i don't like re- it's not the worst part of the movie his performance is all right I, I think he's and he definitely looks like a captain america i can imagine in my head he's kind of got the right yeah. look uh mm. he, he's good for a kind of a b-movie version of this character i don't think he's that bad so they fight they fight captain america escapes uh captain america and sharon escape they get in the car they find out oh Okay, so we can't find out where he is, but it seems we know where she used to be. So the fort, something, something. Yeah. And says, looks like we're going to Italy. And then we get another quick one. Like, we're going to Italy. <laughs> They're instantly in a mini in the middle of Rome. Like, instantly. Like, there's no... Yeah. Wow, that was quick. We had to get there quickly. Fuck it, we're going to Rome. Let's go. And this is where we start uncovering more stuff Um you know the red about captain america finds about the history of red skull and the fact that he was a child experiment stuff like that and everything else and they um, they get the recording don't they soon yeah yeah from that yeah, the, why, why was it recorded that i don't know i, I mean the the family was playing the piano i guess they were trying to record the piano playing and then I, it ended up recording yes. the whole thing but back then you wouldn't record stuff like that i don't think I don't, I don't know. I, this is literally like a, this is, this is a plot device. It's yeah. just there just to be a plot device. Um, this does lead to, eventually, they go back to Italy trying to figure out what all this means. Maybe they find out who it is. But then they get a, this, I'll admit, this one I kind of liked, but I did find it quite funny as well. They get attacked in a, in a cafe, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> I can't, uh, yeah, I can't remember much about that scene, though. What's it, what, it's it's kind of funny. It's it basically you get all these uh, you get all these hot women basically all the sexy good looking uh, Italian fascists or uh, they or they, they find they, they look at they notice like, that's uh, they go oh that's Captain America and then they go and just start shooting him right they start shooting him and so it throws like a couple of tables and chairs they hide from the bullets and then then Sharon and them just start running they go down all the alleyways yeah in uh, in the cars and it's one bit where the, the you know the now the they're all being chased by cars they're, they're, all, they're all they're being chased by cars basically because they're all like in motorbikes and in cars and shit and there's a bit where there's a bunch of kids in the middle of the road for no reason. And so the Captain America just picks them both up, puts them on his shoulder, runs through the middle of a tunnel, and a car crashes. Yeah, and the kids as well, they're not, like, reacting to a quite a scary situation. They're kind of just, like, just 
just playing with a ball in the street, like sort of rolling it back yeah. to each other. It's like, get out of the bloody road. Jesus. <laughs> it's, it's so casual. It's like, uh, as well, like bad parenting, by the way, never be in the middle of a road, mm. play ball in the middle of a road. Anyway, um, there's a whole bunch of other bits like that, but then eventually they're being chased out. And this, the chasing looks very sloppy in terms of how it's edited because there's loads of wide shots. There's no real close-ups. Mm. Loads of wide shots of them running from like from from alleyway to alleyway, being chased by motorbikes and cars and shit. And then um, they get a bunch of bicycles. Well, no, it's, I, it's one. He basically has her on his knee or something, doesn't he? Like yeah. on one bicycle, and he just looks like comical. It doesn't look like like serious at all. It's like it doesn't look like something that Captain America should be doing, right? <laughs> and then. He realizes that the bike has no brakes and then just drives off a cliff into the sea yeah into the sea which conveniently that's how they escape but also that is incredibly fucking reckless yeah <laughs> it's like half the time captain america isn't very successful is he in the way that he's mm. like sort of and he's he's not and another thing he's not in the suit enough is he well, to be honest, he's not in the suit enough, but also looking at the suit, I'm kind of glad he's not in the suit that much. I'm guessing, I don't know whether that was intentional because the director didn't like the fact that it was like the the blue, the bright blue in like red, white and blue and stuff. I don't know, but. Or, or maybe it's the fact that Matt Sanger saying, look, I'm not getting in that suit again. You know how fucking hot it is in there. Yeah. No, no, less suit, less suit, the better. And a question of psychopath. The Orbi has nothing to fear. It almost feels like in a weird way because again they're being tracked again, and I love I love the line. It's like saying they're being tracked again, and I think she says, "What? Oh my god, I'm having the worst luck." No, it's not luck, mate. It's just a matter of plot convenience. You are constantly being chased by the plot. Yeah, and she basically tries to divert them to uh, he, he, to her attention so that he, he yes. basically like. Uh, how does he? How does she get him out of the car? I can't remember. But she, she just locks him out. Yeah, and he basically she ends up like driving, continuing on, and they follow her and capture yeah. her, don't they? The yeah. Nazi. And it's it's funny how you can tell she's got captured, not because you suddenly her necklace is on the ground. Like she, Captain America keeps walking down the road and finds her necklace. It's like, damn you! But when she's driving down the road. They're waiting for her, the other side, and they're all like posed on the car with sunglasses on. Again, like the Nats, the cool Nazis. The cool Italian fascists. They look cool, man. Like they want you to be involved. Like they want you to be in their gang and everyone to be. They all look like fashion models. Yeah. They all look too cool. It's a problem. <laughs> By this point, now, now, finally, Captain America's on his own. He gets in the suit and then goes to and, and goes to try to save the president, who apparently might die from some kind of this barely explained, but some kind of injection slash laser beam. This I missed this part completely. I never understood this bit. Oh, is it? Is it? They're, they're trying to put him through that process of like getting that implant in him so they can control him yeah yeah but it feels like the implant they don't explain how the implant works or what is done barely if anything so it's like it's gun but here's a weird thing as well it's like saying captain you know they could have done this the moment they arrived but red skulls say 
I'll be back in 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it takes a while to work, doesn't it? The, 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 yeah, uh, it's, like, it's, like, it, it's like, we can't do this immediately. We have to get him the serum. It's like, conveniently, it takes him 20 minutes. And yeah. enough time for Captain America to come in and try and save him. What I do love, though, is when they take off the... Uh, the, the present to, to lock him up in his cell. Conveniently, yeah. there's some like toxic like poison nearby for the president to like quickly pick up, so he can use it to break out of his cell later on and put it on the bars. It's crazy. It's just so, so close to him. Why would you put like corrosive chemicals right next to him that you could use? Because at the end of the day, this movie doesn't care. This movie wants you to get through shit quickly. It wants you to say, like, right, it's all, this whole movie for me feels like plot convenience, the movie. Because, yeah, Rhodes of stuff. He ends up hiding and starting to run away, and he's being chased. And then conveniently, Captain, conveniently, he stopped on the top of this really cool-looking castle, by the way. Wherever they shot the castle bit, really, really cool. Oh, looking. yeah, I love all the stuff in the, in the, in the castle. It looks so, gro- so good. I really like it, yeah. yeah. See, this is where I think this is where half the money went. I mm. think I'm convinced it just looks so cool. And then, so Red Skull, uh, Red Skull goes and finds the president, and um, and says like, "No, we're going to. We, we, it's like we're going to inject you now, whatever it is, right?" And conveniently, because I don't actually think that the president knew this. It's like it's like the president goes and says like, "You need me. You need me. You need me to live in order for the procedure to work." Yes. Well, duh. Uh, he says like, "Goodbye." Jumps. Yeah. And then conveniently, just like he's caught by uh, Captain America, isn't he? Do you? Th- the president had no fucking idea, didn't he? Like, do you think? Because I didn't think. I, didn't, I think America. He's like, I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die honorably. And just out of coincidence, Captain America's underneath to grab him and save him. And then when he, he just just after he saved him, there's this little bit of piece of dialogue. Thanks. Don't mention it, sir. Steve Rogers. We've met. <laughs> I don't see how. You mean, you were the little boy? I told you! I told you! For a long time. Gee whiz. I told you. I told you he fucking somehow said, so you're the boy. It's like, well, somehow he then. He must have known. Yeah, that is really shit writing. They shouldn't have put that in. It, what, there would be no how. And, and I, I know he's like meant to be super powered, but I don't yeah. think he's got that kind of power. He's just strong, isn't he? And like, he, you know, I do like when the president meets up with the traitor general because the, the general, yes. the general has been working with Red School because he wants. Uh, the president out of the picture because he doesn't like the whole environmental stuff, does he? Yeah. So yeah. basically, like, uh, he finds him skulking about in the castle trying to escape, and it's quite a funny scene, actually. <laughs> it's brilliant. Mr. President! Mr. President, the, the premises are secure, sir. Uh, I'm in command here. General Fleming. I don't think you're going to be able to squirm out of this one. Really? Just punches it. I, I love how off guard he is because, like, Mr. President, it's like, oh, oh, I wasn't expecting to see you here. Like, um, no, 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 we're, um, uh, we found you. Very secure, sir. He's like a child. He's like a child that got caught getting cookies from the cookie jar. Yeah. You know, he's like, he Mom, no, no, I was putting the cookies back. I was putting the cookies back. But I think, like, pretty much, quite quickly after that sort of uh, scene. 
is the big confrontation again between Captain America and Red Skull, and they have a pretty yes. cool fight actually. But what I love <laughs> is the the standoff kind of situation. There's a bit mm. of dialogue uh, which is like this, and it's, it's I do actually really like this. I don't know how it is that you are here or how you remain so unchanged, but it doesn't matter, my brother. Today, you will die. Fifty years ago, you were Dr. Vasselli's ridiculous idea. You remain a clownish symbol that no one cares about. I care. You care. Then come to me, my brother. Let us see if this heart of yours is stronger than my hate. I love that. Let's see if your heart is stronger than my hate. I love that. That's That's a a good build-up to a fight, isn't it? Good fighting talk. It's a good, like, supervillain thing to say. Yeah, like, it's good. And then the fight happens, and it's all right. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's just a bit of, like, slobber knocker kind of punches, isn't it? It's like right hooks and left hooks and kind of like... Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, Captain... I mean, Red Skull throws his chair at him. Uh, mm. Captain America does. Captain America does a backflip, like several backflips, which is pretty cool. I mean, we've seen slowly that Captain America has like this gymnastic ability now because of the serum. Yeah. You don't see it enough, so it's kind of random but awesome when he's doing like a double backflip over this chair, being thrown a couple of slobber knocker punches. Sharon's escaped as well, and I love this when Sharon throws a punch. Just one bit and made me laugh really hard because everyone's getting like really reacting to gig punch, right? Uh, the president's punching like a goon. Uh, Captain America's punching the Red Skull. Everyone's looking great. Sharon punches one of the, I think, the daughter or one of the goo- lady goons. It's punches Red Skull's it. uh, daughter, isn't it? Daughter. Yeah. yeah, it's daughter. I think, yes. Yeah, punching the daughter. Goes for the punch. Like, psh. And one, the punch looks really soft. Two, the reaction from the daughter's like, oh. <laughs> oh. She, she just, like, like, fake falls to a wall. Like, Oh. Can I tell it's... you, can I just say something for a minute? Like, lady fights in films back in the day, like, were shit, weren't they? They made women look crap. Like They really did. Yeah. Like, they, I mean, there were, there were always some standouts. Like, you know, you had, like, but these were women who knew how to fight. Like, we're talking, like, things like Cynthia Rothrock, or we're talking about the proper women of fighting. Yeah. Anyone else? Shit. <laughs> now, they fight, so everyone does a fight. They end up going into the bit where, for some reason, now the Red Skull has now escaped. He's run away. He is next to his magical piano, which we're barely, we're never introduced beforehand, by the way. This is the first time I've ever seen him on the piano. Uh, how amazing is that, like, scene in terms of, like, the, the way the piano is positioned right high up on a big platform and overlooking yeah. the sea? It's like something from a music video, isn't it? Like- it looks, again, I'm not, again, at the... There are bits in this movie where if they had a little bit more money and patience, it could have looked really striking. Mm. But it, it falls a bit flat here. With the Red Skulls now there, he's got the piano. He's, he's sulking and being dramatic and tragic. But we never really give him much of an excuse for him to be tragic because we never got any more scenes about him being tragic. So I'm doing tragic a lot because that's how it is. It's him doing, mm, I'm being so sad right now. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've got the clip of him talking about we're both tragedies. We are both tragedies. And now I send our tortured souls to rest. Speak for yourself. 
So he just, he just lobs his shield and knocks him off the castle. And that's the thing. This came out of nowhere. This is it, it, this is supposed to be the end of the fight. Like, Capt- so Red Skull is about to launch what seems to be like a nuke or something. He's got like, he's armed and he's detonated. Yeah, isn't is he going like to blow up the entire, like, of all Europe or something, I think it is. It never explains it. Like, I've got, it, it never explains it, but it kind of says, like, I've got a bomb in every place. I will blow everyone up, blah, blah, blah. It, this was... Class A never fought up. Captain America throws his shield, like you said, and you heard that. He just falls off a cliff. Yeah, and it's like a really, really big wide shot, like how, so, like far away, so you can see yeah. the, the the castle, and you can see this little dot falling off the castle. This one bit that proves to me that I think Matt Matt Salinger must have been done with this movie, because the moment he does that, you see the pose. He's looking out towards the thing. I'm convinced that when he does that, he turns around a bit, looks directly into the camera with a bit of a nod, and then walks off. Like, he's kind of done. Like, you can yeah. see, like, I'm done with this. That, uh, weird, <laughs> that, that weird shot where he just looks into camera at the end made me yes. laugh as well. Because I think, why did they do that? It's so silly. It's, I think it's like, we need to end this movie somehow. We haven't got a proper ending. We don't have a love ending. We don't have anything else. Fudge it. Just give him a look of Captain America ending. Um, and the movie ends with the president saved, uh, you know, Sharon, everyone else is all fine. The end, end of movie. But do you have the ending song? Yeah, it's basically, do. it's got a little clip like of sort of introducing sort of what's happened to close out. And then it goes into the music. In Rome today, 116 nations agreed to an environmental protection treaty. In a brief statement after the signing, President Kimball asked that we remember the many people who have gallantly sacrificed all to make our world a better place to live. The president closed his statement with this odd message. To Captain America, wherever he is, we're all back in the fight. Yeah! Then you get another Bruce Springsteen-style song, closing out the movie. This is the thing for me. Like, I'll just leave this going while we talk about it. Yeah. Thing is, the ending of that, we would have liked to have seen that. Maybe we could have had a scene or two of, you know, the president in front of like the United Nations, and he says the thing, and we all and everyone agrees, and they say like, "Who's Captain America?" And then Captain America's like, "So, you see, I'm already writing a better ending for this movie." But it's yeah, pretty, a I, lot of stuff like we said earlier, it just happens off screen because they just didn't have the money to shoot that bit. I think I'm, I'm convinced. But what, yeah. what's great is the credits. You get a very unusual credit of, like, pre, like please respect the uh, environmental uh, kind of, like, protection of 1990 or something like that. So weird. In the, in the credits to support that. That's why I was there. It's like, it's like a Captain Planet movie, isn't it? Crashometer. Okay, guys, so if this is the first time you're hearing us, this is how we rank our movies. We have something called a trashometer. A trashometer is sort of like, think of it like a thermometer. Thermometer of from how much we can tolerate the bad in this movie, basically. So, first of all, we have Tame. Tame is basically, the movie was boring, there wasn't actually anything fun with it, there's, you know, it's, it's, it's dull more than anything else. Then you've got then you got tiny bit trashy, where we're starting to see there's some nuggets of gold here. It's really and it's funny, but it doesn't really go full enough into proper tr- enjoyable trashy mode. 
Then, right in the middle, you have trash, which is the wow, the sweet spot, the golden goose, the ultimate prize of trashy bad movies, right? Where it's got the right balance of everything that you can just enjoy it and go for a ride. You then got too trashy. Too trashy is where we're starting to not enjoy ourselves, but not because it's boring. It's because we're getting angry at it. We're getting annoyed at it, but not enough yet. Like, we're there, but it ain't bad. And then at the very top, we have Torture. Torture is a movie that is so bad, so terrible, that it becomes a slog. Unenjoyable, just the worst. You're almost having a mental breakdown watching the movie. So, basically then, let's start with you, Ed. Where do you think this falls on the trashometer? To me, I don't really have to think about it too much because I like, because I enjoy the movie and I mm-hmm. acknowledge its flaws and its trashiness. For me, it's trash. So it's it's, mm. it's in the middle mark. It's like it's it's perhaps it could it could be a little bit better. So perhaps going the lowest, the you know the lower end of trash. Mm. So just you know perhaps uh, just above tiny bit trashy and going into trash. And do you know what I was going to say that? It's either going to be high end of a little too trashy or just the lower bottom end of trash. Now, this doesn't really match up entirely to some of the corkers that would fall under this category. Like, I don't feel... I feel like if this was going to have a battle between things like Miami Connection, The Room, Barb Wire, um, and all these other movies, Captain America 1990 would be destroyed. Oh, right? absolutely. But I'm just going in, in, in with my opinion. It's just kind of like the fact that I really enjoy it still and I True. have a lot of fun with it. And even though it's bad, it doesn't ruin it for me, you know? Yeah, so I think, you know what, I feel for me, if I was going to put it, I would put it on the very high end of tiny bit trashy. Yeah. Like, just just like you, like just a pinnacle, just a bit before trash. Because I feel like trash has to be like a moment where I'm like, I w- will I go back and watch this movie again? And I don't think I will, but I will definitely remember some of the funnier moments in this movie, and I can talk to people about it. It's like, do you remember when Captain America just broke out of the ice and just fucking left in the middle of Alaska? Or, uh, or, do, you remember, or do you remember this bit? Or do you remember that bit? I'll, I'll, I grew a lot of moments here. So I will put it under there. So where could we go under the consensus? Should we put it under low, low end of trash, or should we put it on the high end of tiny bit trashy? Um, maybe on the high end of tiny bit trashy. Okay. Thank you very much. Brilliant. So that was it for that was it for this episode. It, honestly, I had a lot of fun doing this one, and it's kind of making me think that maybe further down the line we've got to do more superhero movies. We have to do more superhero movies. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about taking on some more. So yeah, I think we might come back to superheroes at some point. We definitely might have to come back throw another superhero movie every so often. And I think anyone out there, if you can recommend me other famously bad or funny superhero movies, you know, find us on social medias like on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter. Find us on there. Give us some suggestions. Maybe even write them down in some in some reviews on all the social media outlets. So because we're on we're on Spotify, we're on i we're on uh, Apple Podcasts, we're on we're on Acast, we're on Buzzsprout we're slowly taking over the world, just how Red Skull wanted it to be. Yeah, just um, all the all the platforms. And talking to superheroes as well, I've just released my Judge Dread 25th anniversary VHS review. Oh, so, that was fun. Yeah, just so we're all we, we get, we're getting the comic book content out at the moment, aren't we? You know, 
Yeah, and also on the trash tapes, we've got a we we we've got a video coming out either soon or as it comes out now, as it were, uh, of uh, Japanese Spider-Man as we react to Japanese Spider-Man, which I'm dead excited for. Yeah. Oh boy! I might this even one... I might even do uh, Captain Planet on Enigmatic Play on the stream, the th- Throwback Thursday. Oh, that would be fantastic! Oh, that'd be brilliant. So we just like keep that. that superhero theme going over the summer, perhaps. Yeah keep it going because you know if cinemas are not going to be open properly and some of the big blockbuster movies are not really going to be out there we're going to have our own super blockbuster summer damn it definitely so yeah uh that's it thank you guys very much for joining us remember to like share subscribe to all the stuff that we're on uh you can find us from there so until next time keep an eye on your trash there might be some treasure in there see you guys next time see you guys Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Thank you for listening to this podcast episode and hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please share it around with movie lovers you know, maybe add a star rating or write a good review. All of this helps with the algorithm and provides us with more opportunities to reach the ears to a whole new bunch of bad film fanatics. Want to find out more about us? Then head over to our socials where we provide sneak peeks and up-to-date news on everything nostalgic and trashy. You can find our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages in the description. So please, follow us. See you next time, cinephiles.